Hey guys, it's Annika and Jude, and we are back with another episode of The Truth of Youth. We are very excited to bring you guys another great debates episode. It's definitely been a little bit since we did an episode like this. Uh, I think it was probably December when we did the last one. It's so strange how time flies by so quickly. I feel like we recorded our first episode really recently, but I was looking back and it was almost seven months ago. Um, absolutely. Speaking of time flying by quickly, today is our last day of spring break. How was your vacation, Annika? Um, it was actually really good. It was very relaxing. I think we talked about because our last uh, episode was right before we started spring break. And the first week I was at the beach, which was nice. It was a little cold, but pretty good. And then second week I went to Orlando with my softball team and we just did a lot of practice, all fun scrimmages. And then, you know, we got to go to Universal a couple of times, go to the water park. So it was a lot of fun. Definitely a very team bonding experience. But um, when I got back, I got back like yesterday just need to like focus a lot on getting ready for school, unpacking, doing a lot of laundry, things like that. So a little stressful right now. Yeah. What about you, Jude? It was good. I went to Turks and Caicos for a week, which was really nice. I learned how to kite surf, which is not something I'd ever pictured myself doing, but I was told, and I'm just like so proud of this. I was told by two different people that I was a natural and it felt really good because I was like never the sporty one or the athletic one in my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started rowing and they were like, oh, you're a natural. And I was like, you're flattering me. Stop it. Um, and then, but then honestly, so I got back. I've been basically just like hanging out with my friend who just went back to boarding school this week. And then I had rowing yesterday and it was freezing cold in the morning. It was literally sleeting. I go out, I wake up. I'm like, I feel like terrible. This is, I do not feel good at all. What am I going to do? I was like, I just woke up. I knew that today wasn't going to go well. So I go out, I row out on the water because it's the spring season, even though it doesn't feel that much like spring. And then I come back in, we do this really hard workout and it's like, four different intervals on the rowing machine and like the first one was fine the second one I was like I feel really lightheaded and terrible now after the third one I had to run to the bathroom to throw up and then on the fourth one all of the guys who had already finished were crowding around people who had yet to finish and were yelling at them to go faster so these like some of the fastest guys on the team came up to me and started yelling and were like bring those like go faster go faster so I was like going faster I was like I had like less than a minute left um and then I was like I suddenly realized I was gonna like bath again and bear in mind this was not like real bathing because I hadn't eaten anything that morning because it was like 6 a.m so Mm -hmm. just water but I shook my head I was like you guys need to stand back because I'm literally gonna like throw up on you guys and they were like why are you shaking your head like like swearing at me to go so then I stopped for a second like literally like threw up over the side of the erg they were like go like finish I was like could you give me a minute like this is this was like I I did just like throw up everywhere because of like exertion like I it's I trust me I am trying I am trying but it was it was pretty traumatic honestly that sounds awful I feel like most of your rowing stories end with you in a bathroom throwing up or throwing up on the side of the boat or like collapsing I have I've never fully collapsed but I have like you know when your vision goes black but yeah like when you get extreme head rush I've gotten that but like it mm-hmm. wasn't head rush it was just like overexertion. yeah yeah well, that's my story I thought everyone would love to hear another one of my bath stories my last bath story was in like November though so to be fair it was about the triathlon I think you're just convincing people to not want to do rowing ever 
So we can do our question of the day. I'm going to choose randomly. I like the way every week you say I can read it and then it's like, I can't read it. Like I'm not even in the same location as no, you. I mean, what we really should do is be like transporting little deck of cards back and forth. That's a lot of work. Yeah. Okay. So the question is, how competitive are you? Do you see that as a positive or negative? I feel like you can be over competitive and that's a negative because it's annoying when people are over competitive about everything. But I feel like being competitive compels you to do well. So I don't think that's necessarily a negative. Yeah, I mean, like, in terms of how competitive I am, it kind of depends on, like, what the field is. Like, in a specific sport, I can get, like, really mad at myself for not doing well and be, like, very, very competitive against both my, like, my my past self and then also my teammates and my opponents. But then um, school, I feel like I used to be a little more competitive, but now, like, I'm more just focused on doing better than I did personally the last time rather than, like, comparing myself to other people. So I think it depends on the field, but I don't know. I mean, sometimes people who are overly competitive, like you said, just like, they're not very fun to be around. Like I know a bunch of people who just like everything is a competition and I'm like that there's more to life than doing that. Like I'd rather have like a full nice conversation with you than just talking about how you did so well on something. Yeah. I, and I especially know what you mean at like at school sometimes. Cause like if you get a grade that you're happy with and then everyone else is like saying, and, and there'll be people who like say, oh, like who will complain about getting that grade and they'll like be asking everyone what they got. I'm a bit like, just let me be. Just yeah. yeah. Like being competitive with yourself, I think is a good thing because that's what's going to push you to do well. But being competitive with other people when it really doesn't matter in situations like with grades and stuff, because like it, it's only about you improving personally. It's not about how you're doing like um, in comparison to other people. Yeah, for sure. Are you ready to get into the episode? Yeah, dude, let's do it. Okay, so today is great debate. So it's like, you know, a good few topics that we're just going to discuss, like have a quick little debate about or like I don't even know conversations we tend to agree on a lot of things so I think a couple of these we might disagree I'm re- really waiting for one where like we have completely opposite views we haven't really found one. we've disagreed but not enough yeah okay <sighs> marriage the label is not necessary and for some clarification this is like being in a long-term relationship without getting legally married okay so I feel like now when like a lot of times I think it's more common right now especially in this day and age to see like a couple who have just been together for many many years and just never gotten married and I think that there is definitely some benefits to that in that like okay if something happens like you don't have to go through like all the struggles of um what happens when you're married and getting a divorce and everything like that and like you know you're keeping most of the time you keep your financial assets separate and everything like that and I feel like it would make things much simpler and like for some people just being in somebody's life for a significant amount of time feels like marriage. Like they don't need the label of, you know, going to a court and signing a marriage license and being like, okay, we're legally married. They might feel so connected that like that's marriage already. They feel like, you know, like the formality of doing it legally is unnecessary. But that being said, I personally would probably disagree with this because I feel like once you actually get legally married, it's going to make it so much harder for it to like end because going through a breakup, breaking up with somebody is, you know, I don't want to say less of a big deal, but it kind of is less significant than going through a divorce. So I feel like 
the added marriage label just like really cements the relationship even more yeah I feel like there is something to be said like honestly if a lot of people um will just be like happy with being in like a long-term committed relationship and I can understand that but like me personally like I think that it I would much prefer to be married I feel like there is something about like it makes it a lot harder to end things in a way that's like marriage is about through thick and thin and so when you are married that's like a dedication so I feel like there's almost a degree to which if you were in a committed relationship there's not even that like legal aspect it would make it a lot easier to end things prematurely like I don't know I I haven't been in many long-term relationships at the ripe old age of 16 I don't know about you Annika Mm -hmm. that's my theory and I feel like sometimes people might just stay in long-term relationships without getting married maybe out of fear and I think that just proves like how actually putting a label on it even though some people might think it's unnecessary it just enforces the idea that like you said through thick and thin and like yes you might feel married without the label but getting the label makes it harder which I think is a good thing because like if you have a fight with your boyfriend or girlfriend a breakup can just be like okay we're ending this you know we're gonna go our separate ways but if you're married it's much harder like the whole point is you want to work it through because you're trying to build a life together so that would be my take yeah yeah I feel like we agree mostly on that one because it does make sense I feel like we're also conditioned to believe in marriage because both of us we see our parents we see yeah I mean it's based on environment too like I'm sure if either of us just had parents who were not married but just in a long-term relationship or something of the sort I'm sure that maybe we would think something differently because we would have seen it firsthand and how it really doesn't affect their relationship but this is just us like thinking about it from our perspective as obviously like teenagers and I don't think either of us know very much about marriage so it might be interesting to ask somebody who's actually experienced it but that's just our take for now and also there is like a thing about when you're married you start to like you like combining your finances for example and then like if you buy something you buy it in both of your names like there is something like yeah and like even like I know a lot of people don't change their names now but like that's an option for if you get married which is like another thing that can make you feel more connected like I have my own opinions about um women changing their last names but like it's a uh something that a lot of women do take part in and I think that that can make them feel even more connected yeah okay do you want to read the next one? I will read the next one. So our second statement is homeschooling is beneficial for children. I'm going to say no, honestly, to that one. I don't think that that, I don't think homeschooling provides proper, like, social learning, which it, like, does come from school. And I know that there are negative aspects to being in school, and I know that it makes it, like, easier to get bullied and stuff like that but like let's be honest here you have to live in a world you have to interact with people on a daily basis like you do in school to like navigate the world once you're independent yeah I mean I'm like I love how like I take a lot of my um stories and stuff from TikTok well like I'll see a family like this and I'm like oh that's so funny I can mention it in the podcast but there's this one TikToker who I follow and she homeschools all of her children but they have like a homeschool co-op um which is like once a week 
um, all like the kids who are homeschooled kind of in their neighborhood will get together and they'll learn collectively. So it's less of like an isolated experience and they're able to interact with other kids. And I'm not sure if that's how it works um, elsewhere other than in just their situation. But like, I'm sure there are other homeschool co-ops um, where, you know, the kids have a chance to interact with one another. I feel like one of the benefits of being homeschooled is that who like your parent has complete control over what you're learning what pace you're learning at and like you know how you're like your parent is able to teach you like one-on-one -on -one and give you like adjust the their way of teaching um because it's obviously parents know their children very well so they can adjust their method of teaching to suit their children so I bet for some kids it might work out better they might be able to understand the material more especially when they're getting that one-on-one -on -one attention and they're not in a classroom with tons and tons of like other kids and distractions where they're not getting very individualized attention but that being said I mean I don't think it's very realistic because if they go to college or grad school or anything like that, there's no real such thing as homeschooling. And like, they're gonna be faced um, with other children, like not children, by that time they'd be adults, but they're gonna be in classrooms with tons of other people and they're gonna need to learn how to interact with them. Um, and like the co-op that I, I was talking about was like once a week. And that's not really enough. I feel like it takes years and years for children to be able to really interact with those around them um, successfully. Yeah, and also like, I homeschooled myself math this year, so I can say from experience I didn't enjoy it particularly. Yeah. I mean, that was a joke, everyone. I did. There is a math teacher at my school. I just still had to teach myself math. Yeah. I mean, and then, like, also, it is really based off of the parents. Like, I would always joke around with my parents, oh, I hate school so much, and they'd be like, do you really want me to homeschool you? And I was like, no, because I think that would completely destroy my relationship with my parents, like, if they were my teachers. So it really depends on like the dynamic between the parent and the child, because for some relationships that might work out really well. But I know for me personally, with my relationship with my parents, it would just result in like a lot of fights. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. Also, like imagine like, you know, like sometimes if I'm disorganized with my homework, I'll be like, look, I'll just be like, I'll be like, I'm exhausted tonight. I'll just do it during like a free period and lunch tomorrow um and then like you couldn't do that at home they would know they'd be on to you in a second they'd be like I mean like yes in a sense that's right but in another sense like you do have the freedom of not having to like wake up at a set time every morning unless like it really does depend on the parents like we said like maybe some parents who homeschool are like okay we want to be up by seven like doing work until whatever and they want to make a really structured day but I think that a lot of the reason some parents will homeschool is that so they can like make it very like a very free experience I guess I would say so like you know maybe one day the kids will wake up at nine and they'll go to like a national park or something like that or some like outdoorsy place where they can experience the nature then they'll come back and do some sort of like writing thing so like there's very much um it, there's no like strict schedule per se which for some kids that works out really well for me personally I always need things to be done like one after another I need a schedule in order to work efficiently but I guess for some kids you know like that's not what they need and I think that homeschooling could really benefit them yeah all right okay so here's a more important one uh Annika Starbucks or Duncan oh okay so I guess we haven't really we've talked uh, about coffee on here is it the way at school you'll be like I'm so excited to go to Starbs or you'll be like and then you'll be like I have an addiction like you better be careful about what you're about to say because it could just be a complete betrayal okay 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 so the issue here is that there's a Starbucks very close to where we go to school 
also makes it so easy for me to just, you know, casually walk on down because I have the decent amount of Starbucks gift cards and like, you know, just go get a nice latte and call it a day. That being said, even if I use gift cards or if whatever the case is, however I pay, I have started to not be able to spend like $6 on like a medium coffee. Like, I feel like that's insane. Like the amount you could actually buy with $6 for a coffee. And like one time I added like a pump or something and it was like seven. It's insane. And then you go to Dunkin' and um, I was at Dunkin' like a couple weeks ago and I got a larger drink for $3. And I was like, okay, the difference between the taste of the coffee is not big enough for me to only go to Starbucks. Like if there's a Dunkin' nearby and a Starbucks nearby, I'm going to choose a Dunkin' based off of the price point because like the coffee tastes the same in my opinion. I get the same thing. I get like an iced latte or whatever it is at both. Yeah. The thing is, is because my dad is like a coffee buff. Like he's always like, he gets all his, he chooses his beans and he has a little grinder and has a nice like espresso machine, which he taught me how to use. Like I don't feel the need to go out and buy coffee that much because when I have a coffee, like I know how to make, like I can make a cappuccino, I can make an, like, an iced latte. So I don't, when I do go out to buy coffee, like I do want something that isn't really coffee. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like maybe something like the, the oat milk, like brown sugar shake and espresso, like it doesn't taste like coffee. It's also- Okay, that's true. I do that- I'm gonna get coffee. I'm, I'm going to get something that isn't really coffee. It's like a, a sweet drink, a treat. I think that- First of all, the Star- Starbucks, I feel like, has more, like, interesting little, like, knickknacks and stuff that they put on their coffee. Like, you know, like, they have, like, what, like you said, like, the brown sugar shake and espresso. They have, like, the chocolate shake and espresso, all that types of, all that type of stuff, which, like, Dunkin' does have, like, they have, Dunkin' has, like, a secret menu and all this stuff. But, like, for the most part, it's just, like, the classic drinks that you would expect. So Starbucks definitely does have more variety. And for refreshers, I would always go to Starbucks because I think Dunkin' refreshers are a little bit disgusting. I honestly, Annika, all I can think about right now is the fact that you're a traitor, but also that you're going to be a nightmare when you, you can drive. You're going to have no money because you're just going to spend your time driving to the Dunkin' that's like a little bit further away from our school, but like right down the road. Like I can picture it right now. That's the thing you- is, it's better than spending money at Starbucks because at least I'm saving like half the money that I would at Starbucks. Like that's an insane amount when you actually think about it. I mean, it hasn't stopped you in the past, though, let's be honest. It hasn't, but then I was, I really, I really had to think on this when I was, especially when I was putting this one down for something we're going to talk about. I was like, wow, it's a little ridiculous. Okay, but to be like, to give you guys a concrete answer, I would choose Starbucks. I've never, when I go to get something from Duncan, and usually the only time I actually try and get stuff from Duncan, I've never got like fully the drink that I've asked for. Like, I'll even order something off the menu and it'll be like, not the thing that I ordered like I'll look at the label and I'll be like why does this have stuff in it that like just had nothing to do with my order and it'll be the drink like it'll have my name on it and stuff like that but I just the that stuff is so random like once I ordered the same thing in two different locations I ordered like this pumpkin spice thing so okay. that is about Duncan like it is not like a concrete like nothing is ever the same at Starbucks I've like they're consistent and I do like their drinks like it's expensive but I don't think that it's necessarily poor quality so yeah I don't know if it's poor quality but before we move on really quick one of um my friends she got this drink um at Starbucks and it like when she took a sip of it it had like 
some like solid in it, something like some solid little pellets in it. So we open it up and there's just like a bunch of little solid pellets in it. And it was so weird, we had no clue what it was. So we walk back to the Starbucks and we give it back to the barista and we're like, hey, can we like get another one? There's something funky in here. So she takes care of it. The new drink is fine. A couple weeks later, she gets the same drink, same exact thing. We have no clue what it is, but it wasn't normal. So that kind of freaked me out a little bit. I've never experienced it with one of my own kids. I don't know what drink it was because do you know what drink it was? I don't remember what drink it was. I know it was a hot drink. It might have been like a cinnamon dulce, like latte or something. I'll ask her, but it was like weird. It was something with added add-ins like cinnamon or like chocolate or something like that. From my experience in like baking and like making stuff, like if you put something like cinnamon or chocolate in a drink, it takes a lot to get it to fully incorporate. But like they were white, like little white like... If it's got milk in it, it was probably just milk solids. Like if you if you if you have full fat milk and stuff, there'll be like tiny bits of milk that like I don't like whatever it was. I've never experienced that at Duncan. So I think you know, Jude, we were talking about how we never disagree. We're gonna have to disagree on this one. I hate you. How dare you? I can never mm-hmm. talk to you or see you again ever. Okay. So um I think we can move on. So our fourth statement is that single sex schools have a detrimental effect on adolescents. It's like I, I just don't really understand all girls or all boys schools particularly. Like my dad went to an all boys school. Like I just don't I don't really know what it like does to to like I just don't know the point because I don't think it's gonna stop kids from going if it's uh, if it's a thing about relationships and interactions. I don't see like a way that necessarily going to an all boys or all girls school is going to stop them p- from pursuing that in like an extracurricular way. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I somewhat agree, but I might actually, I might, I don't think I would agree that they're detrimental <laughs> because even like, yes, people are going to have relationships outside of school, but I think more it would prevent distractions inside of school so maybe you're not oh, so conservative i'm sorry that was so funny distractions the shoulders of women <laughs> no like not like just meaning that like okay maybe you're not thinking about like that boy you have a crush on right now when you see him in the hallway you're focused on school but i think more so and as a girl definitely i've seen this as that boys especially in high school I feel like boys in high school tend to be, I mean, not all of them, but a large portion of them tend to be very loud and outspoken. And as a girl, you can definitely be like drowned out in the background um, and not be able to completely voice what you want to say. Like I've seen it definitely like specifically my math class, like my teacher has even made a point to call on girls specifically because sometimes they're too intimidated or too embarrassed to raise their hand and speak out because boys tend to just call out the answer. And like, Again, not all boys at all, um, but I feel like there's definitely more boys than girls, especially in high school, who tend to act this way. So in an all-girls environment, um, I feel like they're really able to um, be in a space where they can freely express their views without being intimidated. And then the other thing is that I know, like, people will say boys and girls mature at different rates. And, like, I don't really know. I feel like that could be true. It is true. I mean... It is true. Like... It's so true. There's never a time in my life where I have not, where I've thought, wow, that guy is so much, like, is so mature because then I'll see him next to, like, a girl of the same age and I'll be like, god damn, he is a child. So, yeah. They, they and, do. like, that difference in maturity level might be helpful when they're separated because, meanwhile, like, some boys might be acting like children while girls have actually grown up out of that phase. But that being said, I was reading something and it was like, oh, well, girls and boys need to be together because 
if boys don't have like that influence that mature influence from girls they'll never grow up and like I don't think that's true I think that boys like will mature out of that stage no matter what whether they're in the presence of a mature girl or not so I don't really think that's fair and I just think that that difference in maturity and behavior could be really beneficial no I just think that like also in the real world you're going to be interacting with more than people of just the same sex and I think that being around people like that is important and being around in a in a even like I'm not saying that us that necessarily a school like will be diverse all the way if you know what I'm saying but like having a co-ed school is I think it's important because we live in a co-ed world like you know what I'm saying like you're gonna it doesn't really create like a real world situation it's like sort of like a weird environment and also just yeah like I do I definitely think what you said about like expressing your being like a woman and like having to get your voice heard out like I said I notice it in our school as well like the boys are loud and it is like I can completely understand getting a word in like edgerose could be like really challenging and therefore like that is important and that is like that is one reason why like a single sex school could create a better environment in that way but I also think that there could be like downsides to being in a same-sex school because some people I don't even know it's like being in an all-boys school for some kids like for some like boys that could be like hard because I feel like a lot of them wouldn't be comfortable yeah I mean yeah I feel like just based off of like the conversation that we've had it seems like all girls schools seem could be beneficial but I don't know about all boys schools because then you might have some quieter boys who really don't fit in with like the really loud rambunctious ones and then what are they supposed to do but I think for all girls schools at least the girls are able to get their confidence up and yes it's not replicating a real world situation but it makes it so that when they get out into the real world they have confidence knowing that what they have to say is valid and then maybe they'll be able to get a word in a little bit more be more confident and enough to like you know assert themselves when need be yeah I mean I just would honestly like I feel like a lot of it could also be like parental preference and also just like if if your parents grew up in a place where they went to single sex schools and they had a good time there there's like that there there would definitely be like reasons why they might want to um yeah I mean and it's also dependent on the, the kid themselves like some children might respond really well to that while others might um you know really just benefit from a co-ed education so our next one which is very relevant I was sending Annika thirst traps of the TikTok CEO that were coming up on my for you page because I thought it was hilarious the next one is do you think it would be fair for TikTok to be banned or is it like an infringement on like freedom of speech and freedom of expression I don't okay so I think that I understand some of the logic behind it in terms of protecting privacy in that sense but that being said I was just looking at this video I I think it was CNN who posted it but it was this guy and he was saying that yes well banning TikTok would protect us privacy wise this idea of like the Chinese or whoever it is um taking data in the form of like an app like TikTok this is not something that's solely like um solely like with TikTok like there are going to be other apps where um other countries could in theory take our data and probably are so just by getting rid of TikTok it's not really addressing the problem it's just making we're getting rid of one aspect of like a much larger problem so I don't like obviously I don't have enough knowledge to know how we would really address the bigger issue but I don't think that just getting rid of TikTok is going to solve it because there's still going to be other ways and other apps 
TikTok does like the TikTok has like valid. They've given like I'm not saying that tick there hasn't there like that there hasn't been issues with like data and data protection in TikTok, but TikTok does have a valid like answer to the question of how they're protecting data and what they're going to do to protect data and how it's like the CCP is not like just like the TikTok is not the embodiment of the CCP and then like stealing American data to like take over the US like that's which is what a lot of the people on that on that committee were like basically insinuating so I I just I don't think it's fair I I, they do have like valid um valid reasoning and like actual plans on how to protect data and like the facts surrounding how they protect data so i don't think that all of the things that like what people are trying to say tiktok does are true and also if you're gonna ban tiktok you're gonna have to ban things like instagram and facebook because instagram and facebook have a worse track record for selling data than tiktok does yeah exactly that's what i'm saying like you can't just get rid of tiktok and expect the entire issue to end because all these other social media apps are doing the same thing where they are taking your data. And I think that when we talked about it with your uncle, dude, about data protection, that's something that you kind of know going in. And then we're all like, okay, this is something that's going to happen possibly. And then the other thing I was thinking about is like, it's really interesting how so many people have made careers off of TikTok. Like that's how, that's their livelihood, like they're influencers. And- What will happen to Charlie D'Amelio? What will happen? I, I know, like it's, it sounds- stupid when you're like oh my gosh like all these people are gonna be out of jobs but like when you think about how many there are like this has been their life for god knows how many however many years they've like worked up a following this is how they're making their money based off of like the creator fund and everything so like if tiktok's banned yeah there's other apps like i remember when there was the threat of it being banned the first time what did people use like was it twitch was that what it was um they like but it was like there's instagram reels there's youtube shorts like yeah Every social media app has a TikTok like dupe now because TikTok is so successful. And one of the, something I was thinking about is as soon as TikTok goes down, I just know that there will be another social media company that looks exactly like TikTok that will have like the same format and the same idea that will arise because people will immediately search for a new way to do what TikTok did. Like there's- get rid of tiktok it'll screw a bunch of people over and everyone will move on to another social media app and probably end up finding the exact same creators because everyone will move there and there will just be it's like there. there's probably a better way to go about like solving this issue but like i don't think banning tiktok is necessarily like a good thing plus tiktok is a great tool for like sharing education and like yes there's negative sides to it and there's like bullying and there's offensive things that go on but it's like it's it's sort of like in also like a big thing for like sharing information and making sure that like things that don't get talked about are put out into the open and like get shed light on. So I don't think that banning TikTok will be like a net positive in any way. And I think people use it to express things that like are very important. And by banning it, it's not gonna it's not gonna be like a good thing. And I don't think that it's enough of a threat, like data wise, to ban compared to like Instagram or Facebook. Yeah, and like you said, so many people are addicted, including myself, that we will find ways to get around it. So like, it really, it's not going to do anything. There's always going to be ways to like navigate the situation. And let's be like clear, the threat, there's been so many threats of TikTok being banned. So like, who even knows what's going to happen? But I think that everyone, especially in Gen Z, has always been willing to find a way to get their TikTok because we've all become so reliant on it. Yeah. People who get bread to grades will be more successful. 
I don't look, I think that in the world we live in today, a lot of the time that is true because people with better grades and a better track record in that area will most likely go to like a more prestigious college and therefore, and if you go to a more prestigious college, you play your cards right, chances are you're going to have a better chance of getting like the better jobs. And this is determining success in a more monetary like way, like in a very like, and that's basically how a lot of people would define success today. But I feel like if you pursue a creative path, then not necessarily. So I think that is like two separate ways where it can go. Like grades aren't everything. And I think we have to tell ourselves that. But in the world we live in today, we have to like be honest with ourselves that grades are important. It's idealistic to say that grades, especially in high school and college, don't matter because they do as much as we say they don't matter that much. Like they are going to impact your future. But that being said, I feel like it's less so about the grades and more about if you're getting great grades and you're having good study habits, it's more about your work ethic. And if you're able to keep that work ethic throughout the rest of your career, you have a much higher chance of being successful. So maybe it's less about the actual like grades or the numbers that are coming out but it's more about the work that you're putting in. And if you get those good habits started at a young age, like in high school, I think that there's no stopping you from, you know, becoming very successful later on in life. But yeah, I don't think grades like necessarily completely apply to like success, but I do think that they are a definite like indicator and helpful resource to like make, to almost like ensure your success more. Yeah. And like, Yes, people do great things coming out of colleges that might not be in like the top 50 even. But like the thing is, I feel like when you go to a school that might be higher caliber, there's more opportunities. And then if you have that good work ethic, work ethic like we talked about, you can make you can do a lot with those opportunities that you're given. So it's a lot of things working um, in, in combination with each other. But I think it's also important to say that people might not do great in high school but then do fantastic later on in life because high school is just not might might not be the perfect time for them and like obviously I think we can both say high school is pretty hard and even in college people might not get the best grades but then once they maturing they get more into their adult life they might suddenly peak so it's really it's very uh individualized yeah all right so our last question or our last statement for today is bad words are actually bad okay so excluding slurs (laughs) yeah obviously this is like, you know, I mean, we're not going to say the words because we're, we're not that kind of podcast, guys. We are not. Uh, but it's, I just think that there's nothing quite like stubbing your toe and not letting out an expletive. Like never in my life have I been not tempted to scream like the F word when I stub my toe or like fall over or like if something goes wrong, I just need to let it out in some way and that'll be how I do it. Also, saying, like, the B word is, like, a compliment almost, you know what I'm saying? And using it in, like, a positive way, like, I don't think that's bad because I think that has evolved. I mean, I sound really stereotypically gay right now, but that it has evolved into, like, more of, like, a mm-hmm. thing rather than, like, a, oh, my goodness, you just said the B word, especially, like, in Gen Z. So I don't think they're actually bad. I can understand why you don't want little kids saying them, but that's why I think it's better to call them cuss words rather than bad words because cuss doesn't necessarily have to mean bad it just means that it's like strong yeah I think that sometimes okay nobody needs to use them but I think that it can really help other people understand your tone which sounds really weird but like if I throw in a curse word I think people are going to start understanding how like I'm very upset about something and like I'm hoping that they would get that from my tone but adding that in might just you know further my point but I think kids these days 
or have started using curse words a little too early just based off of you know because they're watching tv shows looking at tiktok things like that um but yeah i don't know if i'd say bad sometimes like they just need to be taught when to use in an appropriate situation also how to use them like i have a little brother who is 12 years old and i don't think that he should be swearing like he swears but i will tell you one thing when little kids swear they sound so funny because never have i heard someone put so much emphasis on a cuss word they'll be like what the and it's like their whole body goes into saying that word like it's the biggest thing that they ever ever did in their whole little lives and i'll be like it makes it funny when you say it like that you just need to not put so much emphasis on it like it doesn't need to be in bold letters let it be in times new roman 12 all your other words and then, like, also sometimes in certain environments, like, if you're at a job interview, you can't curse. Like, that's super unprofessional. It's so, like, there are certain environments where, like, you got to know when not to do it. So I think maybe, like... They're like, just grandparents. Yeah, like, <laughs> that, that's when I understand why they're called bad words, because in those contexts, they're bad. But I don't know. I mean, like, I think the word inappropriate, like, nobody's going to go around and say, oh, my gosh, you just said an inappropriate word. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's more what it is. Definitely. I think that, yeah, I enjoy saying bad words in the right context, though. There's, mm-hmm. there's, it's like, they're just, they're just, they, because we've been raised to view them as like stronger words that have like more meaning for some reason or like more, yeah, like more meaning. Like there's something behind them that isn't the, in the same way behind other words. Like I think that we wouldn't view them in the same way if we were, here's, okay, I just have an epiphany. If you don't raise kids to know that those words are bad, then they'll never have the satisfaction of saying what we consider a bad word when something goes wrong. So I say we continue to raise our children to think the words are bad. And so when they start using them, they have more power behind them so that you feel better when you stub your toe and you need to say a bad word. Boom. Very interesting thought. I, I don't know. I mean, like for me personally, I don't know if I'd want my kids saying that like in the house like sometimes it can just be considered like a little disrespectful and if they start saying it in the house who knows if they're just going to run wild and start saying it at school and like really bad situations so yeah I would never ask my child to say swear words until they were of a certain age I'm saying like raise them to think they're bad and then you get to a certain age where it becomes more okay to say a bad word if you know what I'm saying yeah they, and that means that when they start saying them they'll know that they're bad words and they'll know that they there is like more of a weight behind them but that also like is probably a good thing because cuss words wouldn't be so fun if they didn't have like the the sort of like aura around them that they do today yeah that's true we I feel like we managed to disagree on like a couple things that was impressive it was more than usual and we actually fit all 10 statements in time this time I feel like usually we have to cut a bunch of them we're always like oh we'll come back to them but finally we got through all of them um I think that this was a really great episode. I really enjoyed doing great debates with you, Jude. Definitely one of my favorite types of episodes. Um, But I think that you guys can definitely look forward to more interviews in the future. I know that we haven't done one in a while, but that's what we're planning for our next couple episodes. I make promises you can't keep. We've said that like 600 times. We'll do our best. We'll do our best. Yeah. That that's the goal for the future is to get more interviews and to get more feedback and like try and figure out ways that we can make it a little more interactive. So um, thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah. And, you know, find us at The Truth of Youth. If you just put in The Truth of Youth, you find us. If you want to be interviewed or, like, have any ideas, DM us. Not that we've, like, you know, you guys don't vlog to our DMs, but that's okay. We won't cry.
Um, okay, bye guys. Bye.